0: Welcome everyone to Seek Go Create. This is your host, Tim Winders, coming to you from the passenger seat of Theo. Got some trucks in the background, planting trees, doing things. Welcome to the RV life. But boy, this topic is something that I have looked forward to. And I don't want to say dreaded, but but just I feel like a lot of weight with this topic that we're going to be discussing today. So anyway, first of all, welcome. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, YouTube channel, everything else. I love, love when people join in. I love when you make comments. I love when you answer the questions. we got probably more questions than answers today, but it's, uh, to me, kind of one of those holy grail topics that I continue to work towards And I believe that we all need to at least work towards it, receive it, accept it, whatever. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But welcome to Seek, Go, Create. This is where we redefine success in leadership, business, and ministry. And uh, for those that don't know me, I'm your host, Tim Wenders. I'm a performance coach, or call myself a strategic coach, also an author, and obviously host of this show. And I'm just glad you're here. The topic today is what is rest? Or there's a few other words we could use. What is peace? What does it mean to be at rest? What is Sabbath? What is shalom? And all of those words kind of mash together into our conversation that we're going to have today. And I do want to kind of remind you that this is kind of a three-part series. It was funny when I was thinking about clicking on the mic to get started I was thinking about the original Star Wars trilogy and in the Star Wars original trilogy before we knew that Lucas had nine movies planned and all this other stuff going on we thought it was Star Wars one two and three and and what was really interesting about it was the second movie was the one that was really good man cliffhanger we found out that Darth Vader was Luke's father and all this kind of stuff I hope I didn't spoil that for you But the second movie was really powerful. The third was good, but it was a little slight letdown after all that went on in the first and second movies. Well, I don't know how I could do it, but uh, for those of you listening to this when the podcast drops or sometime after that, we've had two previous solo episodes that I've done. The first one on What is Love... The second one on what is faith, both of those are huge, but in my mind and my thoughts and what I'm trying to achieve and accomplish here, this is the exclamation point on this trilogy. This is where we all should move towards what we're trying to accept and receive. I was about to say strive for, but later I'm gonna say that we shouldn't be striving for this. That while we're on this earth, our goal is to accept and receive the peace that's been promised to us, and that is the way that we should be operating on a minute-by-minute, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year basis. Now, the reason I think when I started earlier, I said, boy, this is a tough topic, is because I can guarantee you, that i do not have this topic figured out it's been very rare that i've been around people that have it totally 100 uh, percent accomplished and achieved it is something that's just a work in process or progress for all of us and so that's why it's kind of challenging because you know as As people that do podcasts, or teach, or train, or speak, or write, and all of you that do that, I know you kind of are faced with this at times, it's kind of like people think you should be this expert, or someone who knows stuff, and I mean, I, I know a good bit about this topic, but I'll tell you that it is the thing that I work on more than anything, And I'll just give a quick few stories to get started. I did crowdsource the uh, answer to the question like I did other uh, podcasts in this three-series arc, What is Love and What is Faith? We did it on our social media as we asked people what they were. Interestingly Interestingly enough, that was a tongue twister, interestingly enough, we got much less response to this question than the other too. I don't know if that's just because of some algorithms that were going on with our social media channels, or if other people deal with defining this in a challenging way like I do. But uh, anyway, a few quick stories uh, just to kind of get started here before I get into all the definitions and we're going to kind of ease into this is my wife and I, a few years ago, we, we went through some real struggle. Many of you know that. And I could tell you that whatever we're talking about here, I was the opposite of that. I was not at rest, not at peace. I was striving. We were going through financial struggle. My guts were just flipping. And, and I would, I recall this vividly, almost every Friday, I would give out a cry to the Lord, a prayer, whatever you want to call it. And I would say something to the effect of, Lord, if we don't have a financial breakthrough, if we don't get money in by this Friday, we are done. We can't pay this, do this, take care of this. Interestingly enough, Friday would come and go. Probably we didn't have the finances coming in that we needed. It was not fun. We had bills that needed to be paid and mortgages and you know all of these things. But I look back on it now and as painful as it was when I was in the midst of it, and boy, I hope this comes across right. It, it wasn't that bad. Now I've got history on my side. Now I can look back on it, but it wasn't that bad, but I can tell you that I was just living in turmoil. I was not at peace, not at rest, not enjoying life, full of anxiety, full of worry, doubt, fear. All of those things were all piled in. And I'll just go and say right up front, the way that I read scriptures, the way that I live, the way that my faith is, the way that I understand things we've talked about in the past, we're not supposed to live that way. But yet I was, and I know many people are currently. So that's the reason why this is such, I believe a powerful topic. Now, many years later, my wife had gone through all that and we were visiting some friends that we were working on a business project and we went to their home in California, in Southern California. And, and, you know, we didn't realize or recognize that a lot of things had changed about the way my wife and I functioned or operated. And uh, these were some high energy people just like we have been in the past. And so we were working on these projects and, you know, doing whiteboarding and doing some strategizing and things like that. And I remember, I remember the person saying something to me kind of as we was finishing up the time we were spending together and it was something to the effect of, it's one of, the, one of the most powerful statements anyone's ever made to me because of this topic we're talking about here today. This person said, Tim, we've been doing business things all weekend and they've got a lot of money attached to them. There's a lot going on here, a lot of pressure, but yet the entire time you seem to be at such a state of peace. And they use that word peace. And I kind of looked at them and I, I, I had never had many people during the course of my life, describe me as one who was at peace. (laughs) And it meant a lot to me because it showed, hopefully, how I had progressed and matured uh, much beyond the way I used to be. And so that was important. So I'll kind of start off with that story, but I do think it's more important to give you the big story right here. And I want this to set the tone for the conversation that we're going to have. And again, if, if you're listening to this uh, on your podcast platform or on one of our social medias, or if you're watching it on YouTube, I would love your feedback and response on all of these topics. But I, I want to share something that recently was something I was meditating on. I was spending time in prayer and I just went, huh, this is kind of interesting. I think many of us, when we read the Bible, we're looking for specific scriptures and instructions, and sometimes we miss the bigger story of the Bible. And I recently have done just a lot of read-throughs, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of Christ. And if we call ourselves a follower of Christ, like many of us do that listen in on this podcast, I believe we need to study what Christ did. What did he do when he was walking this earth and spending time as a man? We know he's God, but he's also man. What did he do as man? And I came to this conclusion or this realization that there has never been anyone that has had a more important assignment on this earth than Jesus Christ. And I would venture to say that most people, especially listening in on Seat Go, Create, should agree with that, especially if you're a follower of Christ. There has never been a more important mission. His mission was to spend time, time on earth, bring the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven to the earth, and then basically, this is Tim's word, not Bible words, but go to the cross and be, be a sacrifice so that he could be re- resurrected, go, seat by, go be seated by the Father so that we could be reconnected to our Creator God. That was his assignment. And to me, that's a pretty big, powerful assignment. Now, I don't know if Jesus knew or not that once his ministry started, he really only had about three years. I don't know if he knew that. I think three is significant. It's a significant spiritual number. I've gone back and looked at, looked at prophecies. I don't know if that three years was prophesied. I don't know if in the time he spent with the Father, he knew he had three years. But I'll just say it this way. Let's just say he knew that there was a deadline to what he had to accomplish on this earth. And in reading the Gospels over and over and over again, I never see a scripture or an example or a story or a situation where Jesus (laughs) was in a hurry or Jesus was in a rush. You know, there's never a scripture, this is not Him being, you know, sacrilegious or anything, but there's never a scripture says, and Jesus rushed. And Jesus and the disciples were picking them up and putting them down to get from one city to the next. No, they walked many times. It appeared as if they were more strolling than walking at a fast pace. We never even hear that they walked at a fast pace. So here's the point of all of that. And I'm open. If anyone finds a situation where says, no, I think Jesus was stressed out here. I think he was in a rush. I think he was in a hurry. I don't think you're going to find it. But if you do, go ahead and put it in the comments or let me know and I'll stand corrected. But, uh, but I, I do think that he understood there was a deadline, but yet he never appeared anxious or stressed about that deadline. Now, if Jesus Christ never felt stress or anxious about the most important assignment that anyone has ever had on this earth, then why would we be about whatever we think our purpose and our assignment is? And I'm not belittling any of our purpose and assignments. However, I ask myself the question and I ask you the question, why would we be anxious? Why would we be stressed? Why would we not be at rest or at peace, or in a state of Sabbath, or in Shalom. We'll talk more about this later. And so that's what I wanted to start this off with. That is the purpose of this, the third installment in this three-part series. We started with love, then we went to faith. Now we're talking about rest and, and being at peace. And I originally had said it was like a three-legged stool, that they're all important. But to me, the other two build up to this, and this is a result of understanding what the other two really are. Love, faith, and then being at rest. It's the way that we should live and operate because also we go back to the example of Christ. He showed love. He was love. He was faith. He was the definition of faith, and he exhibited that by living a life of peace, and rest even in the midst of the deadlines and all that was going on around him. So think on that, meditate on that, get back with me. Let me know if you say, Tim, you're right, or I'm not so sure. So we've got all of this. And that was the example I just gave of Jesus on earth. And I really do believe that this is the example of how we should be living our life on this earth. And listen, I understand it's a, it's a struggle because we've got so much coming at us. And I believe that the enemy, the opposite of God, uh, the opposite of good, which is evil, is attempting to have us not live this way. That is the hurdle or the challenge that we face. And so that's why we've got all these cool things. I'm sitting here in front of a laptop computer with a camera. I've got a phone here. I've got a, 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 a tablet over here. I've got all these great electronic devices And truthfully, they're a blessing in many ways. But you know what? They also are coming at me with information all the time. And it rattles me. I'll read an email that I feel like I need to respond to immediately or get a text or do something on social or read something on social. And so I get it. I know it's challenging, but I do. I do want to say this as someone who's lived a life with probably a lot of stress and anxiety. I still have it. I have not pressed it and pushed it out of my life entirely, but I'm doing better than I used to. I don't believe that hustle, fatigue, exhaustion, stress, and anxiety is how we should be living. I believe that those are devices of the enemy and not of God and that we shouldn't be doing that. Now, listen, there was there was a time in my life where I was like addicted to the hustle culture, and I was all into chasing after success and money and fame and got all involved with religion. And listen, before I go down here any farther, I I want to say that I'm a spiritual man. I have a relationship with the Father, and I believe there's a place for Um, church and church, uh, you know, religion and things like that. But I'll say this, a lot of my observations, and I've been to churches most of my life. I've been to Bible school. There are a lot of people that some of the things they're doing within the the world of religion is creating a lot of anxiety and stress too. There's nothing that you have to do to prove yourself to your father by checking the boxes and going to church or working in the parking lot or working in the ministry or every time the doors open being at a church there is nothing scriptural about that and nothing about what we're talking about here says that the more you do that then uh, the more you're going to uh, be rewarded in in something in the future no and so i'll say religion many times can lead to uh, these type stresses and anxieties. All of that can lead us away from a life of peace and rest. And one of the things my wife and I have recognized recently is that when we are at this place of rest and being still and being quiet, not, not a lot going on, not a lot of chaos, one of the things that we have noticed at th- is that this is where we are our most creative. We are able to build and create things that we never could do when we're anxious and trying to grind it out and hustle and get up at three, four, five in the morning. I, I used to, I used to do that. Listen, sometimes you have to do it. I'm not necessarily against that. I'm just at a place in my life now where you know what? I actually kind of let my body wake up when it wants to wake up. I've got a little buzzer on my on my wrist that goes off about six. It goes. Bzz, bzz, But uh, I'll tell you, even this morning, it was kind of chilly outside. I just laid in bed and kind of just thought about things, maybe prayer, maybe just thinking. And I didn't get up until about 730. I laid around for another hour and a half. And some people can't do that. We're, We're in business for ourselves. So we can actually, we have the luxury to do that. I know you need to get up and get out. And some people have children and all that. But I just believe that that is how we are able to be more creative by being at rest. And another thing that we're able to do is, you know, there's something that we're commanded, not commanded, we're told that there's something called the fruits of the spirit. I won't get into that here, but there's fruits of the spirit. I don't think that the fruits of the spirit show up when we're living a life of anxiety or stress. The fruits of of the spirit are an overflow of being relaxed and being at peace and knowing our position and standing of who we are as children of God and people in the family of God. So that's how we exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. And finally, before I get into some of the definitions that a lot of people uh, sent in on our social media, to me, I've done some studies on this, and listen, I definitely don't know the answers here. You know, a lot of people will say, this is what heaven's like, this is hell, all of those things. And I've read all the scriptures, and I've just kind of begun meditating on this. And to me, experiencing heaven on earth is being at rest, being at peace. And for me, I just want to experience more of that heaven now. I know we're going to experience it in the future, but I just want to experience it now. I believe a life full of anxiety and not peace and chaos. I do think that that is probably a hell on earth and it's probably a glimpse of what hell is going to be like. It's a glimpse of what it's like to be disconnected from your creator and your father for all of eternity. And so I choose heaven, I choose heaven on earth. So let's try to live a life of rest and peace. So let's go through some definitions here from some people that participated on our social channels. And then I've got a definition that I used in the recent novel that I wrote for my main character so that he could learn this principle. And then we'll say a few things and we'll wrap up here in just a few moments. Tina Bannister, she actually responded and said that uh, the definition of rest or peace was not worried, not fearful, in Christ, purpose-filled, having joy and loving well. I think I also asked for people to do this in 15 or 20 words or less. So you're probably going to get some good brief descriptions. Thank you for that, Tina. And uh, Tina's do, Tina does some great things in, in a ministry that I've been associated with, and so I know that she has an understanding of this. Shay Watson, my buddy over on the East Coast, fellow podcaster, and um, and uh, they have the Pantry Podcast. He and his wife Michelle. If you're a podcast listener and are looking for some good spiritual nourishment, go check out the Pantry Podcast with Shay and Michelle. Great couple. He says, here's his definition of rest, sitting on a dock, the night in full swing, water perfectly still, the moon displaying a perfect reflection with Jesus. I love all of those uh, descriptions, Shay. When I first saw sitting on a dock, I actually was thinking of sitting on the dock of the bay, uh, the old Otis Redding song. But uh, anyway, great descriptions there. I love the water perfectly still, and uh, I think I think back to Psalms 23, and uh, that uh, He leads me beside peaceful and still waters. Not a waterfall, not chaos, but still waters. That's a very calming and relaxing, and relaxing thing there. Great description or depiction. Of what uh, peace or rest is. David Weaver says, full trust in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thank you for that, David. And then Alan and Connie Woodworth just said simply devoid of anxiety. And I do look at it a lot of, as we talk about rest and peace as being the opposite of worry and anxiety. And we'll talk about that in just a moment with the scripture. So devoid of anxiety. Mark Salazan, I love when he chimes in. He and I have some good back and forth on social media. And <laughs> this is a good one Newton's Law of Motion. Thanks, the scientist Mark here. Object at rest remains at rest. So I love it. I mean, I could even tie that into spiritual. If you are at rest, then you're going to stay at rest. If you're anxious, you're probably going to be anxious. So let's let's be at rest. Rick Harker, a Bible school buddy that I went to Bible school with, says, When you think you've got everything to take care of yourself, but then you realize it's already been miraculously done, with an exclamation point on the end of that, Rick. And then he just put the word Jesus there. So uh, thanks for that, Rick. And then Mary Soulsby, kind of to keep playing on that, said Jesus, simply Jesus. That's all she commented there. Lisa, L- Lisa Lillorne says restoration and resting. I love the word restoration. That's a good one there. Chris Cree, another Bible scholar from uh, back in Bible school days. Now he's overseas. And uh, we also had Chris. I think I shared this on a previous episode that I interviewed Chris early on in the uh, podcast. We were interviewing folks. I think you'd find it in the early 2020 uh, episodes. And we asked the question, is God in control? We had a very, very good conversation about that. But Chris says, rest, trusting wholly in the finished work of Christ, knowing that God's promises make perfect provision for our every Need perfect. I love that perfect provision for our every need. Paul Ibarra, (laughs) I love some of his comments staring at a fire. You know, it's interesting, there's some things that just kind of bring still and peace to us. I used to notice this. We used to live on a lake and we had a boat, and I'd get out on the water. And especially when the water was still, like uh, Shay mentioned earlier, when the water was still and we were out on our boat, just kind of cutting through the water, I would just have be so relaxed. I may have had a stressful day and as soon as I would get out on the water, it would just be so relaxing. Growing up in Georgia, I never had a lot of fires or anything. It didn't get that cool at night. But now that we've been traveling part of the Western US and even recently where we're at here, we had a, um, we had a fire out and just sitting around the fire at night Looking at the flames dancing, as Paul says, it is just a very relaxing and peaceful, peaceful state to be in. Thanks for that, Paul. Rodney West, buddy of mine, I think I went to high school for, or school with Rodney for years and years and years, maybe all 12 years, if I remember correctly. He says, No words are even necessary when I behold his creation, capital H on his. So thanks for that, Rodney good to hear from you. And then Cindy Cheek, i uh, been connected with her for a long time. Godly peace does not come from the absence of storms in life, but through trust and faith in Jesus in the midst of life's storms. Only through relying on our Lord Jesus is one able to experience true peace. Thank you for that, Cindy. And yes, we... We have been told, there's scripture that says that uh, we will have trials and tribulations, but count it all joy. We've overcome those, and we've overcome it with what we're talking about here, which is being at rest and at peace. You know, there's a lot of scriptures that we could look at, and, and, and it's real interesting. Uh, you notice those are all the definitions we got on social media. And if you go back to listen to the episode on love, and I will put we'll include links, make sure you go back and do that if you haven't listened to the episode that was released in early January on love and then in early February on faith make sure you listen to those two but I asked the question on our social media and we got a ton of responses and uh, and I didn't get as many responses on this one and I think it's because it is a more difficult topic that's my theory I could be wrong. again it could be that people just didn't want to respond or they didn't have a good answer or maybe the algorithms for social media didn't allow people to do that. So, uh, so anyway, but that is, those are the definitions that people gave us. So, um, so I, I wanna move on here and talk about a few things and then give you a definition before we wrap up. And uh, we're given a lot of scriptures. I could go through a lot of scriptures for this, but I, I just really wanna say that there is a theme that we see throughout scripture, that is be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, do not worry, do not fret, be anxious for nothing. And the passage, there's two passages that I'm gonna draw us to here before we uh, move towards the definition that I came up with. The passage that I love, it's a scripture that has incredible impact for me is Matthew 6:33. seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. One of my observations in my life and in the life of others is that we're we anxious about a lot of things, but I'll, get, I'll give some of the big ones. We're anxious about death, about sickness and death. We've seen that with the pandemic that we've seen over the last few years that people are really anxious about that and very fearful. They worry about it. We're anxious about finances and money in the world that we're in today. Um, food, clothing, and shelter. And the reason I bring that up here is because if you go to those passages, Matthew 6, starting at about verse 20, I, I don't have it opened up here, but really Jesus, this is in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount, he basically says, do not anxious, do not be anxious or worry about any of those things, food, clothing, shelter, which is representative of all of the things of the world, and he basically says, don't be anxious. Don't worry about it, because I've taken care of all of that. And he says, all you should do is seek first the kingdom and, the righteous, and his righteousness, the righteousness of the Lord, and all of these things, food, clothing, shelter, will be taken care of. And it's very difficult to understand that. Again, I shared this story earlier. I was thinking back to when we would have those Fridays where I had bills due, I had things that were overdue, and I was thinking, we've got to have some money, but yet those times came and went. And yes, we went through a lot of struggles during that time, but I learned a lot through it, and I'm thankful that we did. And I believe now that I'm able to be more at rest and peace because of that. But do not be anxious or worry. So many other scriptures that we could talk about, but spend some time in Matthew 6, and then the 23rd Psalm, I believe, is so beautiful in that it, it basically says, hold on, I'm going to reach here and, and grab it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See, want to me, we can kind of take that. We're not going to be anxious. We're not going to worry. We're not going to let things bother us, we shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Going back to what Shay brought up earlier, he leads me beside the still waters and it goes on. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. So 23rd Psalm to me speaks to this topic and a very, very important topic. And as I've said in the last two episodes that relate to this, This really came up for me because I was looking at principles that the main character in my novel, Coach, A Story of Success Redefined, that my main character needed to get so that he could redefine his life from, uh, let's just say it was chaotic, it was not restful, not at peace. And so I needed him to get the concept of love, of faith, and especially this concept of peace. And in the novel, I actually put action behind each one of those. I call them the act of love, the act of faith, and the act of peace. And I'm not going to go into a lot of details in the book. You can get that and read how he comes to find out all about this and how he has to live it out and how it kind of just becomes a part of him. But I will give you, uh, uh, as I shared in previous episodes, I'll give you the uh, definition that he's given and the confession that he's given to help him learn the act of peace. And uh, the way the story goes, there's a mentor that he finds, a mysterious mentor, that, uh, that hands him a card that he's to study and meditate on and then read the confession. So let me read that out to you because it really does say a lot about what this topic means to me because I kind of poured it out in this book. Peace exists when love and faith dominate one's soul. That allows an individual to abide in a place of rest. Rest occurs when there is no conflict between the spirit, the soul, and the body. Peace is not a place or an event, nor is it taken or earned. It is received. It is a state of being. Peace is rest. Rest is Sabbath. Sabbath is shalom, and shalom is peace. And then here's the confession. I am at peace. I am anxious for nothing. I am content with my past, and I do not stress about my future. I enjoy today and I live in the moment. I live a life of Sabbath. Sabbath is not a day or a time. It is how I operate. It is the state of allowing my spirit to be in control and forcing my soul and body to obey. I believe in God and I allow love to flow through me. Therefore, I am at rest. My life is a life of Sabbath. I live a life of Shalom. I am at peace, and that is the confession that, uh, that my main character speaks and basically repeats over and over and over again so that he's able to get this topic that is, I'll just go ahead and tell you, life-changing for him. I do want to say something here. You notice that I took the words rest, Sabbath, Shalom, and peace and sort of mashed them together. In the studies that I've done, they are related. I know a lot of people will look at Sabbath and say it's a day of the week, and especially if you go back to ancient uh, uh, Old Testament times, Sabbath was when uh, a, a time that there was a time of rest and a time of peace. Well, the studies that I've done is that what Jesus brought when he came to this earth was that now we have the ability to live in a constant state of Sabbath. Now, do we always do that? No, but we have that ability to receive what he did for us. So a lot of people might have thoughts about that. I'd love to hear that. And then shalom is just a word. It's kind of a greeting. It's a salutation. And it basically, to me, is being at peace and rest. So that's the reason I brought all those words together. One more scripture, and then we'll wrap up. And it is uh, from Matthew 11:28. I think this was from New King James. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus Christ came to this earth to give us this ability to have rest. And I know that many of us live amidst chaos, amidst fear, amidst upheaval. There is so much going on in this world. It is not what Jesus Christ came to do for us. We are to live a life of shalom, of peace, of Sabbath, and rest. And this was very vivid to me. I remember a few years ago, I was sitting on the back deck of an apartment we were living at the time while we were in Bible school, and I was just talking to the Lord. And and there's a a highway, not a major highway, but a highway with a decent amount of traffic kind of off in the distance. And there were cars going up and down and it was a busy time of morning, And, and I, I literally, as I was talking to the Lord, felt as if he said, the peace that I have for you will allow you to be in the midst of all of that traffic, all of that chaos, and not allow it to distract you or bother you, or touch you in any way. That is what my peace does. It allows you to live a life of peace amidst all the chaos of this world that is crumbling and falling to pieces. So, what I would love to do now is I would just love to encourage you, regardless of what all you have going on, strife, uh, financial issues, you know, looking at what's going on in the world politically and and conflict and all that's happening, we have the ability because of what Jesus Christ did for us, what he brought to this earth, we have the ability to live at rest and at peace. I am trying to do that as best I can, trying to receive it trying to accept it. My character in my book is working on it. It's one of the reasons why I wanted my character to try to get it because Tim is working on it too. And like I've said with a number of these topics, the topic of love, the topic of faith from previous episodes in this, in this arc, this one, imagine what the world would be like if we, live, if we had more people that lived just a life of rest, and peace. I think we have that opportunity. And so I encourage all of us to not strive, not hustle, not do our best, not grind it out, but accept and receive that gift so that we can live that life of peace and shalom. I encourage you to do that. Love to hear your comments from this episode. Love to hear your feedback on some of the things we discussed. Love to to hear how you go about doing this. I shared earlier that one of the things I've been doing more and more is just resting more. I've been trying to make sure my body is well rested. I'm trying not to pack in a bunch of things on my calendar so that it's bam, 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 things that are going on all the time. I've got time to think and rest and be at peace. I'm hopeful that you have the same thing. My prayer for you is that you live a life of peace. Thank you for participating and listening in at Seek Go Create. This is really these three episodes that we've done on love, faith and peace are really a foundation of what Seek Go Create is all about. So I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you want to share this with other people. I love it when people do that. That's how people get, uh, get information about podcasts and YouTube channels and things like that is when people share. So I appreciate you doing that and uh, thanks again for listening in, and I appreciate you, and uh, new episodes every Monday, so make sure you listen in, thanks for, thanks for all that you do, until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.